0: Hello and welcome to the In The Pen podcast, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. My name is Jake Crumpler. I'm your interim host once again as Callan has to take the day off, but no worries. We still got Rick here, uh, Pitcherless bullpen expert. Rick, how you doing today?
1: I'm uh, doing well, doing well. You know, just another September getting, getting ready for fantasy playoffs and baseball MLB playoffs. So a lot to be excited for.
0: Definitely. The season's winding down. We're uh, finally getting close to figuring out who's going to be the champion in each of our fantasy leagues. For me, that is an unfortunate bit of news. <laughs> um, for others, I'm sure they're excited to get a, a big trophy at the end of the season, or at least a little bit of money from their, their okay. friends or, or league mates that they're playing against. So it's uh, it, it's an exciting time of year, especially in those really tight races. But this is a bullpen podcast as always we'll be talking about uh relievers and we always start the show off by covering rick's article closing time where he ranks the top 30 closers around baseball and we'll begin it with the three closers that are moving up your list this week and this week it's uh pete fairbanks jose Leclerc, and matt barnes uh go ahead and tell me why you got pete fairbanks moving up this week
1: yeah so it looks like he he and Jason Adam have basically been kind of in my mind splitting the role, but Fairbanks has the uh, the edge and saves over the past three weeks, and he's clearly the the one A option I guess right now. So, and he's just been basically unhittable since you know August since past the All Star break. So, uh, he's really you know t- taken an extra step this year to become. Well, when healthy, an elite, you know, reliever, and I think, you know, it's Tampa Bay, so you're never gonna count on him for to get the the hundred percent of the save chances. But if he's getting say sixty to seventy percent of the save chances, then he's certainly in that top like ten to twelve range um discussion. I think.
0: Yeah, he's not only pitched a lot better than last year, but the underlying skills also show that he's Mm. basically like a completely different pitcher, maybe not completely different. He's got the same pitch mix, but he added in a mile and a half per hour, a mile and a half per hour. I I see why people struggle (laughs) with that Um, to his fastball. It's up to 99 miles per hour now on average. And he's also striking out 41% of batters. So he's definitely one of the most elite arms in Tampa Bay, which has a litany of really impressive arms out there. So it's fair that he's starting to, take away some of those safe opportunities from Adam. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like next year as well. Moving to the AL West, Jose Leclerc, who we talked about a lot last week as a guy to go out and pick up because he seemed to be the next man up after Jonathan Hernandez was sort of falling off. Is that why you got Leclerc mo- moving up this week? Cause he's sort of solidifying himself out there in Texas.
1: Yeah. It looks like he's the, they finally kind of settled on him as the closer for now and, I don't see any reason why he can't just kind of take that role and run with it for the rest of the season. Um, you know, one ERA under two and a whip under one since the All-Star break, 17.2% swing and strike rate. He's always had a good swing and strike rate number. That's always kind of been why I've never quite g- given up on him. But, um, you know, you have 30.3% K rate. So, yeah, he's he's everything you kind of look for. Uh, when it comes to roster uh, closer and he's you know looks to be the guy Matt Moore still pitching well but I I don't think he's got any I don't think he has any saves recently so what Fernando's kind of falling out it looks like it's the clerk's job to lose
0: it's nice that they've sort of got a three-headed bullpen monster out there but unfortunately they've not been too competitive as a as a whole Mm. the team as a whole so it's not led to too much you know, fantasy impact because they don't get too many save opportunities. But yeah, it does seem like LeClerc is the go-to guy there. I have picked him up in a couple of leagues. And the last guy moving up your list is Matt Barnes. Is it April again?
1: (laughs) I I feel weird about this, but (laughs) he, I I think the Red Sox have kind of showed in the last week or so that he, they're, they're going to kind of roll with Barnes in in the, in the closer role. And I I think it makes sense. Like you want to see, a if you can get some more confidence if you can get some confidence in them you know for the rest of the season heading into next year because they owe him i think it's like eight and a half million something around eight and a half million um and you know whitlock's been a little bit i, I think whitlock probably is a little fatigued at this point of the year bouncing between the the starter role and the relief role kind of i'm sure it took a toll and then you know, Schreiber as well has, isn't probably, isn't really used to this kind of workload in his mm-hmm. past. So I think, you know, with them being out of the playoffs, they're going to see what Barnes can give them in the ninth inning. And I don't, <laughs> yeah, he's been better, but I, I still don't, it's just not, still not Matt Barnes from, you know, a year or two years ago where he was almost uh, close to being, a, you know, a guaranteed, you know, save when he came in or, or a hold, whatever role he was in, but um, yeah, I, I guess if you're the Red Sox closer, even on a Red Sox team that's you know under 500 right now, it's still something. It's something to consider. Rost someone to consider rostering for those of you desperate for saves. Then.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, there there are much worse closer options out there on wor- on worse teams. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely a good point to talk about his salary because I think not only would they want him to have a major role in the bullpen especially going into next season but I think there's also a chance they look to trade him especially going into his last season with the team that it's sort of important that he shows some semblance of his past self if they try to trade him this offseason or you know at next year's trade deadline and if he continues to look how he did in the first half there's no way anybody's going to take him so they, they really need to turn him around a little bit if they want to turn him into at least somewhat of a trade chip like one minor leaguer you know it, right now he's like you're getting yeah, back now your you're nuts. not getting
1: anything yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> for sure but yeah Whitlock's definitely super taxed right now definitely mm-hmm. 77 innings pitch how many did he throw last year let's find out he threw 73. All right. So he's just oh. passed his uh he's just passed his career high it seems like actually. He threw 110 with the Yankees in 2018, 120 actually in the minor leagues. But that was 4 years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. he he you can definitely say he's uh getting a little taxed now. It's a uh, it's been a long season for the Red Sox and Whitlock like you said, switched between roles and I'm sure that has a larger impact on your arm than it's is uh mm-hmm. able to be you know monitored in, in in a way able to be calculated but yeah. yeah that's uh the three guys moving up Fairbanks Leclerc and Barnes so now we'll hit the three guys moving down your list this week we've got Kenley Jansen Tanner Scott and Kyle Finnegan uh those are all NLE's teams do you have a, a that's true. vendetta <laughs> against them
1: uh I guess there's just a lot of uh well outside of You know, two of those teams just have not been competitive. And then Jansen is this is like his third week on this list. So, yeah, Um, Jansen's the one that's obviously the most concerning, I suppose, because this isn't what we're supposed to. This is not what we've come to expect from him. And uh, I don't think there's. I, I, it sounds like I, I don't know if there's been any recent news, but it sounds like they're going to st- try to stick with him in the role, e- even though Russell Iglesias has been phenomenal for them since they traded for him. So it looks like Jansen still has the job for now, but it's definitely becoming a concern with how how poorly he's pitched over the second half. And, you know, especially when you just look at his numbers from August to September, it's it's not very not really pretty.
0: Yeah, I think he's just lost the feel for his pitches or something. Not only does he have an ERA above 4.4, but he's got a 22 to 11 strikeout to walk ratio, which isn't absolutely horrible. But when you compare it to his first half, he has three more walks in the second half, which is half as many innings as he threw in the first half. So, he has eight walks in, in 35 innings in the first half and 11 in 18 innings in the second half. So, it's, uh, yeah, he's definitely not able to locate his pitches. And that's sort of, uh, let's see, did his walk rate rise? His walk yeah. rate, yes, rose 8%. So, there it is. There you have it. He, he's not throwing the ball in the zone or people aren't chasing. It's uh, definitely seems to be a problem. Let's hope the Braves can figure out what's going on before they hit the playoffs. But, yeah, that's definitely something concerning, especially going into the final weeks of the season because not only does it give them an excuse to rest him mm-hmm. because of performance but also you know he's 34 years old he's been pitching for a long time they they don't really have a reason to push him too hard because they're they're pretty locked into a playoff spot so it'll really be interesting to see if they do go to rice
1: the only thing is well yeah I, I think iglesias might be their best option right now and if they're trying to win the NL East, which i mean that gives you i don't know how the seating really works out but i'm sure like that would that's definitely the priority is winning the NLE. So if, yeah. if if they're they're pushing the Mets right now, they might want to make the switch. But I know Jansen had said some, I think he had commented that it's a mechanical thing, which is one of those, like, that could be, you know, fixed shortly that could take it some time to fix. So it's really, if, if they, you know, this as some sort of mechanical flaw, then, you know, it, it's really, you, you never really know how long that's going to take for a, a pitcher to kind of figure out
0: Definitely. We we saw that with Hader saying that yeah. it was a mechanical thing that led to his release point being off and <clears throat> we saw how long he struggled with that. So that's really disappointing. With uh Scott, who do you see replacing him if if anybody right now because he literally hasn't gotten a save since
1: August? <laughs> yeah, he, he I mean I guess the same like with Finnegan, they've kind of just disappeared mm-hmm. um lately and I think Dylan Floro has a save, maybe two saves over the past, oh, in the month of September. But Floro is not someone that I'm like running out to to add or get excited about. He's saved games for them in the past. He's been mm-hmm. fine. He's solid. He, he induces weak contact, but not a big strikeout guy. Um, you know, he he works for, I guess, for that team in that ballpark with his um, you know, fly ball pronus, I guess. But um yeah. I, I, I think it's him maybe for the rest of the year, but again, not someone you're adding outside of really deep leagues or leagues where you, you really need to catch up on saves.
0: Definitely. And uh <clears throat> what about in, in Washington? Are you uh looking at Hunter Harvey or like someone like Carl Edwards Jr. who has more saves than Harvey who hasn't gotten one this season?
1: Um, I don't know because they haven't really. It's like they as any. How many saves do they have as a team in September? (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously this this. Yeah, this Nationals team isn't really thriving at the moment. So Mm -hmm. I I guess I really again you don't really need to roster anyone here. If you want to take a shot on someone, I don't think I would like to see Harvey have a you know get some run as the closer, but they'll probably go to. I would guess they'd go to Edwards first, Um, but again, I don't, yeah, none of them have a save in September. Yeah, looks (laughs) like
0: they're tied with the Twins for the fewest saves in all of baseball at 25.
1: The Twins only have 20, wow, okay, that's interesting. uh,
0: That surprised me as well yeah because they are sandwiched in between the reds and the nationals and that makes complete sense but yeah the the twins there's one team that doesn't (laughs) belong there yeah it's like a bunch of really bad teams in that bottom 10 and then the twins are just down there i don't know yeah that's really weird they must just be either blowing teams out or getting blown out
1: yeah and i mean that's been another spot where it's been kind of in kind of hit or miss all year and trying to figure out who's closing out games for them so Mm -hmm. yeah I, i guess in washington though i I think Finnegan's droppable, and if you want to add someone, I I really I don't know who to recommend between Edwards or Harvey, but
0: probably the guy that you think is the better pitcher.
1: Yeah, I I mean Harvey's pitched really well. His velocities look great, and um uh, I just you know I want to see a full season from him being healthy. But um, Edwards has been good as well. Um. <laughs> i guess if you have to add someone i would say i'll I'll say hunter harvey let's i'm gonna go with hunter harvey i know he got blown up a little bit in his last outing um but there's been some like really that's like a little like promising piece to that to that team this year has been it's been him in the bullpen the second half of the season so you know they kind of hit gold with Tanner Rainey for a minute so maybe maybe Hunter Harvey's their next guy you know big big time velocity with with um pretty good off-speed stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah he he struggled recently but I uh, that might not give him a chance but yeah I I think between Harvey and Edwards I would not say why not why not uh Harvey
0: yeah and When Rainey went down, we I think we were both in the same boat in saying that Finnegan really wasn't worth it to pick up because he's not only not overpowering, but the Nationals aren't great. And that, that sort of played out how we thought it would, so... Maybe Hunter Harvey isn't even too great of a choice either just because the Nationals are so bad. Like we said, they have the fewest saves in all of baseball tied with the Twins, so there's not really too many opportunities going around there. And if it's going to be split between three guys and a couple of them aren't too great, then it's probably not the best situation to be chasing in in terms of fantasy, especially if you're super desperate for saves. It, it, It still might not even be the best opportunity because they can hurt your ratios. For sure. Yeah, well, let's move on to some news that's going around the league. We got uh, an elite closer returning from the IL. That would be Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros. Do you have anything in particular to say about him, or are we just letting everybody know if they didn't to uh, remove him from their ILs?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think think it was last week we talked about him and how the Astros kind of are in a position where they could kind of delay his return a little bit. Um, But Mm -hmm. they, I think... They brought him back like a day or two after that. After we did the podcast, so and he's looked great since he's been back. So yeah, he's you know ready to go. Um, you can drop Rafael Montero. It looks like and Hector mm-hmm. Neris and just you know that's pretty much it for Houston. I think
0: definitely. I, I've I've loved what Presley's been doing all year. Um, I love doing game logs just from a certain date and he allowed four runs on the 23rd. I feel like I've done this in like each of the last (laughs) three times we've talked about him or whatever, but uh, he's allowed five earned runs across his last 21 innings pitch for a 2.08 ERA since uh, June 25th. So been really solid a 38 to one strikeout to walk ratio. Holy moly. That's insane. All right. Yeah. He's, uh, he he's back. (laughs) And, uh, when is he a free agent? He is a free agent next year. So that will actually, uh, I
1: think I'm, they gave I'm him an extension. Wrong. Yeah, they yeah. have,
0: they have a, yeah, that's really weird. Uh, Fangraphs says free agent 2023, but they have
1: a little extension next to another it, yeah. extension
0: next to it. That's very weird. Okay. Yeah. So actually he'll be in Houston the next two years. He is going to be a top tier fantasy closing option for at least the next couple of years because the Astros are just so freaking good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, even at, he's going to be 34 next year, but mm-hmm. there's really no signs of him slowing down. I know there was some concerns with his velo dropping a little bit the last, you know, two years, but it mm-hmm. hasn't affected him. He's still he's kind of like the king of spin, spin rate, you know, yeah. 100 percentile for curveball spin, ninety yeah. seventh percentile fastball spin, and, you know, just getting it done.
0: It was uh, pretty crazy when the the Astros swooped him from the Twins. I didn't really mm. expect much to come of that, but since then he's really just been so incredible. So definitely a guy you can rely upon and slot back into your fantasy lineups. In other news, Sir Anthony Dominguez returned for the Philadelphia Phillies, but David Robertson's still closing. We were talking about this last week because when David Robertson was acquired at the trade deadline from the Cubs by the Phillies, Interim manager Rob Thompson had said that they would go with the closing committee and then he just used Sir Anthony Dominguez the whole time. So that really, he lied to us. I, um, I feel so cheated by him. I can't believe he did that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, then Sir Anthony hit the IL and Robertson was getting all the saves. So now it seems like it's switched back and now they're just trusting Robertson. And I, I think it's, it's gotta be sort of the <clears throat> Sir Anthony is two years removed from Tommy John surgery. He was already dealing with an injury. They don't want to push him. They're, on track. I think they're on track to make the playoffs, so there's no reason for them to push him when they could really rely on him this year and into the future because David Robertson is a free agent at the end of this season, so they might as well ride it till the wheels fall off. Do you have any Hmm. thoughts on the closing situation in Philadelphia?
1: Uh, I guess as long as Robertson's getting the job done, yeah, go with it. And then you have what's turned out to be two elite setup men and Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado who are Dominguez is throwing 99 from the right side and Alvarado 99 from the left side, right Mm -hmm. before Robertson comes in. So yeah, it's a very, it's a sneaky, I mean, I think the Phillies are kind of a sneaky team in the playoffs if the the lineup gets hot with, you know, they have Wheeler and Nola as long as they're healthy and then the bullpen can be, you know, good from the sixth, seventh inning on. So, but yeah, Dominguez, I mean, he came, I, we were talking about some guys who at, you know their velocities have been up lately, and his last outing for Sir Anthony, Sir Anthony Dominguez, his fastball was up one point three miles per hour, up to ninety eight point seven. So if he's staying around there, he is—he's uh, going to be very tough to to handle for hitters.
0: Interesting. I did not hear about that. That's uh, definitely something to note. Definitely something to look at going into next season because he was an elite fastball velocity guy before Mm -hmm. he got injured and he didn't really come back with the same velocity. I was tracking that in the early editions of the reliever rank. So it's pretty interesting to see that he's, you know, gaining that velocity back. Maybe he just needed that little bit of break
1: to get back there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. And, you know, coming back for the last, you know, end of September playoff push, maybe it's just amping it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially going into the off offseason. Uh, I know yep. some crazy people will draft in November, but we're not even quite there yet. So still got some time to uh, make your mind up about uh, about who you'd like to draft there. But, you know, the Phillies can always add somebody in the offseason.
1: Yeah, they probably they'll probably spend some money there.
0: Yeah. So uh yeah, pretty pretty crazy. They've always been a bullpen graveyard, so nice to see them finally get rid of that narrative, but Yeah. Yeah, let's uh move on to the main event of the evening. We're going to be talking about relief pitcher underperformers, guys who have not pitched well this year but have shown the ability to pitch better than than how they have performed but before we do that we're going to hit a quick break and we're back welcome back to in the pen podcast part of the Pitcherless podcast network i'm jake crumpler as always joined by rick graham we are hitting some underperforming relief pitchers throughout the season we're in that part of the year where you can start looking back on the season sort of taking season-long numbers for what they are at this point you know it's a little mm. bit too late too too small sample sizes for pitchers to be turning around but uh i'll preface this section before we start getting into the pitchers themselves getting into the thick of things i i do love myself some prefaces <laughs> but yeah so i i came up with this uh idea. I know, Rick, you were thinking of overperformers. This is a little more on the positive side, but we, we may hit uh, overperformers next time unless we come up with something else. But so this is a, d- definitely an interesting subject because there, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Obviously, you want to find guys that have high ERAs because that's how they actually perform. So you find guys with ERAs over four, and then you can look at a multitude of things, whether that be whip, like in a very rudimentary way, like this guy's not allowing a lot of base runners, but he's allowing a lot of runs. That's sort of doesn't not not correlating there but then you can also look at um era estimators like sierra or xfip or fip uh xera some of those are are more telling than others but you know it's it's important to take a look at everything like that and then you can also look at hotel which is pitcher lists uh acronym for the Luck factors in baseball—the holy trinity of equating <laughs> luck. I think I got that right. I think um, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like home run to fly ball rate, BABIP, and uh, left on base percentage. Those are always very interesting to look at. So we'll be looking at a, a lot of pitchers from from those angles. I think strikeout to walk ratio is also a really good one because that's normally the one of the best indicators of how good a pitcher actually is, is are they giving up free passes and are they striking guys out? And so we're going to compare those, but yeah, we've got a, I think one, two, three, four, five, six, 79. We got like 10 names to go through. So we'll, we'll give you some guys to keep an eye out for next season. Maybe even the last couple of weeks of the season, if they've shown these skills, you know, they can already start turning around, but definitely this can uh, be used right now and also going into next season. So it'll be interesting to see if this starts turning around before we hit the season break but we'll start out with a guy who has switched teams that's Lou Trevino he was on the A's to start the season I mentioned him throughout the year as a guy to go pick up and his luck turned around a little bit but not too much he uh he seemed to be having one of his better seasons and just the ERA was not reflecting that it's at 4.79 on the season now he's pitching for the Yankees so what are you thinking that's uh holding Lou Trevino back this season?
1: um that's a good question so i mean obviously the 400 he's got a babb of 400 that's holy moly like a he's the only only reliever over 400 or 400 so yeah that's that leads the league or is it leads the league or last i I guess leads the league and (laughs) babb
0: yeah not not a a league leader you want to be
1: no so obviously there's a lot of bad luck there but there are some positives to take away from this, and and I, I think you know the Yankees are a good organization to uh, turn relievers into, or turn pitchers into good relievers. So, someone to definitely keep an eye on next year, after a full season with this with the Yankees organization, as long as he stays there. Uh, you know, 32 innings pitch, but he's got 45 strikeouts. I know I know you've mentioned it before when we were talking about him in Oakland, and he's he's missing bats at like his highest rate of his career, and. You know the Babbit might be the hard hit rate's not great. He's it's then you know three third percentile um hard hit rate, but that's still like four hundred. A four hundred BABIP's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen again. And even with just if that comes down to closer to three hundred, which is still pretty high, that's still you know brings his ERA, whip, all that down, and with the strikeout numbers uh definitely something some someone kind of interesting to to keep an eye on for next year for sure
0: i've been uh touting him as as a guy that's going to turn it around all season um i am trying to see if he's going to be a free agent no he'll be with the yankees yeah yeah, for the next two seasons after this year so he will be interesting to watch going into next season because i think if he can maintain these skills he can actually be pretty solid he doesn't really overwhelm with his pitches or anything but you know, like you said, the the way that he has been pitching is a step up from years past. I think his uh he's got the lowest xFIP of his career.
1: Yeah, he's added a slider this year that's been really good. Uh, getting with rate, rates at forty nine point three percent. Um, x, like all the x stats for that pitch have been great. So you know, especially knowing like the Yankees are gonna probably just turn him into a sinker slider guy, and uh, I think he could really. F- kind of thrive in that role um and yeah i'm kind of interested to see how how he changes next year of his pitch repertoire and everything with a full year in new york
0: yeah maybe he leans into that slider even more it's got some of the best horizontal movement in all of baseball it looks like 15th among relievers in in horizontal movement so that's Mm. pretty interesting on that point that was a that's a good call there But uh, another guy who started out as a closer, similar to Trevino, is Emilio Pagan. He started out as as the closer for the Twins and quickly lost hold of that role because he just gave up so many home runs. But there may be some silver lining to all those home runs because it may (laughs) be a result of bad luck. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, a 20% home run to fly ball rates, definitely high. I think there was only maybe... Four guys ahead of him, uh, as far as that goes, and yeah, he he is never not. He's kind of been a rely a, a big fly ball pitcher, so it's not crazy. You know, I guess that a year like this was bound to happen. Where if all oh, you're you're allowing, you know, last year's ground ball rate was twenty three percent. The year before it was twenty nine percent. Ironically, this year it's at forty one percent, the high the highest ground ball rate of his career. <laughs> But yeah, anytime the ball's in the air, it's, 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 I mean, he's kind of a home run machine and I still, you know, he still gets a lot of swings and misses and he still has like on the surface, good stuff. And I just wonder there, there's probably, there's like a little tweak. I don't know if it's, um, you know, just a change in his repertoire. If he needs to start, you know, if he needs to kind of, tunnel his pitches better or I, I don't know i'm not really sure what the change is but i i still think there's a good there could be a potential you know i guess second breakout for him even at this point in his career um yeah definitely. but yeah I'm, I'm interested to see where he i don't know what his status is as far as free agency i think he might still be with minnesota next year but it'll be interesting he, to see he's got
0: one more season yeah
1: yeah be interesting to see where he. Where he la- or where where he kind of lands in that bullpen with you know kind of a lot of question marks as far as what roles will be next year in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Jorge Lopez will still be around next year too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah he's still under team control. Duran, uh, they lose Fulmer. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be
0: pretty interesting. It's uh, definitely worth it to point out that Pagan's XFIP this year is three point four two, and if y'all remember, twenty nineteen was his breakout season with the rays where he had a 2.31 era across 70 innings he had a 3.7 expert in that season and that's 0.05 points lower so that's uh he seems to be pitching to that same sort of level and he's just been Mm. super unlucky in the home run to fly ball department um it looks like he's got the fifth worst home run to fly ball percentage amongst pitchers with at least 55 innings pitched
1: it looks like it's if you look kind of at his heat map for his four seamer he's Kind of just right in the middle of the zone, which is not where you want that to be. I think is it. I mean, it looks like he could, he <laughs> could do a little bit. It looks like he could do a little bit better job of elevating. Or oh, I, I you know, he's a straight four seam guy. He's not really a sinker baller, as mm-hmm. you know the, the ground ball rates show. So maybe he, he just needs to be better at elevating his fastball. And you know, the splitter came around this year and was solid for him. As a, as a, I guess it became A second pitch. Um, he leaned on that more than the cutter. So. Um, yeah, I, it's, I think there's still pieces here for him to, to be, be a real good reliever again, but, um, definitely gonna, gonna need some tweaks, uh, to get there.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's going to need to keep the ball in the yard and yeah. uh, maybe he just gets help from pitching in all of these pitcher friendly ballparks in the AL central some more, but we'll see the schedule next year turns into more of a balanced mm-hmm. schedule where you're facing all a right. bunch of other teams more so that might hurt him even a little bit more but yeah like you said maybe it's a thing about uh pitch placement and stuff but he, he's definitely shown that he has been unlucky on his balls that do end up in the air it, like you said it's so weird that he's getting more ground balls than ever and yet the l- little amount of fly balls that he's allowing are all leaving the park very weird yeah sticking in the al central joe kelly of the white Sox. he hasn't really had a full season compared to everyone else he's only tossed 31 innings this year but he's been really unlucky in that short size in that short sample size what has stuck out to you in terms of his bad luck
1: yeah with kelly it's been it's been a little bit of everything but um 58.9 left on base uh that definitely sticks out and He's definitely performed better than his numbers, uh, his overall numbers appear. Um, let's see, six point eight two ERA, one point six seven WHIP. Or you know, not great, but no. Again, as we talk, we've kind of like and similar with Trevino. He's still striking out guys at a high rate. Um, he's done a great job with his, you know, his sinker cur- and a curveball have been solid uh it's just about you know basic getting better luck and you know it, it left on base is kind of an interesting thing because it I guess it depends on your teammate or you know mm-hmm. the rest of your team and that white Sox bullpen has been just they spent so much money on kelly and graveman and graveman's been fine but it's the the, the bullpen overall has been very hit or miss you know outside of really hendrix um so yeah, I, I think another, I think a full season of like as long and he's been hurt, you know, off and on all year. So like full season of health, I still think Joe Kelly could be a you know solid, you know, help to you and if you're if anyone's in holds leagues for next next season.
0: I totally agree, and even just looking at a few other metrics not even luck based ones he's got a super high ground ball rate which is something mm-hmm. you know he, he's sort of known for because he throws a lot of curve balls and sinkers but he's got the fifth highest grind ground ball rate amongst relievers at 68 percent that's pretty impressive and then he's also somehow striking out more batters than he ever has he's up to uh what was that 28.7 percent on the strikeout rate that's a mm-hmm. career high so <laughs> uh, you're getting the most ground balls ever and the most strikeouts ever yet you're having the worst, the worst season yeah <laughs> season of your career that doesn't make any sense yeah and it, and it really all plays out in the era versus xfip it's a 3.3.3.3 3. 3. 3. wow that was a 3.3 3 point difference um between his era and xfip and that's sort of you know tells the whole story like this guy has been super unlucky and so that's definitely a, a result of small sample sizes which is you know, the, the mm-hmm. biggest point about talking about this is that relievers are just going to be hurt by such a small sample size. You can just get unlucky across, you know, 30 innings and that's your whole season. And it, it, it doesn't mm. you don't have enough time for it to turn around. For starters, you're throwing 150 to 200 innings. You, you have time for your luck metrics to start to play out and, and for your, your skills to shine through. But that's not the case for relievers. And so that's why there is so much variability and so much uh volatility in relief pitching performance from year to year because you'll just have a guy that goes off one year whether that be because of luck or because of skills and then it's hard to tell what's going to happen the next year because not only can luck change but also the skills can change so it's definitely uh I don't want to say a fool's errand, even though that's a fun thing to say. I don't get to say often, but it's a, it's definitely a hard game to play. It's not something you want to be p- placing your money on, which is something that we as fantasy baseball managers do. So <laughs> maybe we mm-hmm. are the fools, but yeah. It's a-
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think the only other thing with Kelly is I, that the walk rate still bugs me. It's a little high. It's definitely 14%. But like, other than that, like, yeah. His bab ups uh, 70 points higher than it, his career average. And like, he's had a long career. So that's that career average is pretty, you know, you kind of use that information. So I, I feel like, yeah, it's just a really unlucky season for him. Um, and probably someone you can get a discount next year.
0: All right. Yeah. And, uh, now the biggest underperformer, probably the one everybody's been waiting for the main event of the evening. Josh Hader of the San Diego Padres has just been super unlucky all season long. And I'm actually not all season long. He started off really well. And then just, I don't know, must've just had the worst bout of luck out of anyone. It it might, you can't really blame it all on luck, but it's been a rough season for the left-handed closer. Um, who's now in San Diego. What do you think is the biggest factor that has led to him underperforming and what gives you hope that he's going to turn it around next season?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the stats for him are kind of different because it's been like a tale of two halves. and I think we got to take into account, like we said with Jansen, it's been a mechanical issue of hater. He has been, his last outing was better. He's getting better feel like it's trending in the right directions two strikeouts two times out two times out and then three strikeouts his last time out so getting there um, you know there's probably the craziest I mean 27.3% K to walk rate is typically you know we're talking about like top you know 10 in the league for relievers and not someone with a four point you know something ERA so I, I think I don't know what kind of discount this is going to bring next year. I'm curious to see. I typically am not someone who's in on Josh Hader. I usually, you know, wait till the second tier. Like this year it was like, you know, the Presley Diaz Romano Iglesias guys. I was kind of after and, I wonder if Hader. – I'm guessing he's not going to be the first reliever off the board next year. It's probably going to be Edwin Diaz. But if, if Hader drops to – like if he becomes like the fourth or fifth, I don't know if he's going to drop that far, then I think I'm all in on him next year with you know pitching in San Diego for they're still going to be a good team. They're going to win a lot of games. Um, you know, set to be a free agent typically I feel like that. You know, let's see Edwin Diaz this year and Aaron Judge, the type of seasons those, those guys are having, you know, set to get right before they're about to get paid. So I think I'm really, really in on Hader next year, especially if there's a nice discount.
0: Definitely. I totally agree. Would love for there to be a discount on Hater because yeah. I will be jumping right on in. I think it's important to note that his strikeout to walk ratio is boosted by that first half where it was nearly 33%. Mm-hmm. It's down to 17.5% in the second half. So that's definitely something to watch. But also it comes with a 444 BABIP in the second half. So he's definitely been unlucky in other terms as well as you know having great underlying skills and he's always been a guy that you can count on as one of the best closers in baseball he still even despite all the struggles has 32 saves which is you know five off of his career high it's just incredible what he did in the first half and that it's just completely changed course in the second half
1: yeah it's it's definitely unfortunate um but you know, I I think that there's there's still a lot. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm still kind of thinking he has a big September. The way you know his last two outings have gone. If he has a if they have if they make it to the the first or the second round of the playoffs, that's that's a good playoffs, a good postseason run. I feel like there's not gonna there's not gonna be a discount just based off mm-hmm. a the name and b you know it looks like the you know the strikeouts are back so that's the big thing and then you know once he st- he stops walking guys at a crazy wa- rate then you know i think everything will kind of fall into place for him so um yeah i don't i honestly don't think there's going to be a discount but again if there is then i'm definitely definitely intrigued for him next year i mm-hmm. think you know, I've talked about it before with him. He's always had weirdly bad Augusts, and this was just like the worst August of them all. And it, it, it started in July too, so it's not really fair to just say it was a bad August. But he's always been bad in August, and then turns it around in September. So it seems like it's just been like a just a bigger um, blow up than usual for him and this this year. So mm-hmm. I'm at this point not too concerned with him moving forward.
0: Yeah. I think it would be a nice trade off though, that even if you sort of lose some of the discount, if he performs well in the playoffs or through these last couple weeks of the season that you sort of gain some confidence in him back too. So I think it's, it's sort of a a fair enough trade off that if you see him get back to his usual self, but yeah, he'll have a whole offseason to, you know, fix his mechanical issues. He's still got Mm -hmm. one more season in San Diego. So maybe he just needs to get used to his new surroundings. That could be, another thing definitely. so it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how strong he looks in spring training and that kind of stuff but yeah i mean i don't think either of us have, have lost faith in hater because it did just seem like a, a really long cold streak which is bound to happen like i said small sample sizes you know you give up six earned runs in a couple outings <laughs> and things are gonna I look
1: know. terrible literally two outings of six earned runs two outings of three earned runs and yeah that's like kind of kind of it (laughs) yeah i'll do it to you exactly
0: that'll do it um so yeah so we go from one jh to another jh this one jordan hicks look at that transition oh my god Mm. um (laughs) jordan hicks another a fireballer from the st louis cardinals they seem to have a couple of those but he uh he's sort of in that same boat as a garrett whitlock that we talked about earlier where he just his role was not set I mean, at the beginning of the year it was set in, in starter and that was very weird for them to take you know, the hardest throwing pitcher in baseball and put him as a mm-hmm. starter. It doesn't make too much sense, but uh, the experiment didn't work out. He's back in the bullpen and since then he's been really good. And is that why you're calling him him an underperformer? Because it's like the skew of his starting statistics have skewed his season-long numbers and since he's been back in the bullpen, he's looking like his old self?
1: Yeah, I I think he's he's been... Better in the bullpen. He's still, um, I guess, he's still having a bit, of, a little bit of bad luck. Yeah, like this is kind of what the, f- the theme of the show is. Um, you know, one point one two whip is th- how we consider a pretty, pretty good, pretty good whip for mm-hmm. uh, for a, relie- a reliever, especially someone you know with his kind of skill set. So to see, I think I am trying to pull up his ERA as a reliever is. 4.5 for the season it still feels that feels a little bit high for having a 1.12 whip as a reliever um and you know i think he's going to be another guy he's probably not going to close with helsley and gaga there but someone who if you're in holds leagues next season and you know leagues especially leagues that you get You always, you know, there's a lot of leagues where you're looking for starter eligible uh, relievers, and Hicks Mm -hmm. will be one next year after I think he started six games this year or something. So yeah, he's definitely going to be a starter eligible, and he should still be in the mix for holds next season. He's actually having weirdly, I I mean, he's having a pretty good season for uh, all things considered because we he's always thrown you know over 100 miles per hour, but the strikeout rates always kind of lag behind. And I feel like he's, you know, the striker rate's been a little bit better this year for him. Um, 24.4% on the season. As reliever, I'm pretty sure that's higher. So, I'm kind of, I was always kind of, put him in like the bruised dark all you know, like guys who throw hard, get sinker, get uh, ground balls, and don't really get a ton, tons of strikeouts because they're, you know, pitch to contact, pitch mm-hmm. to be contact guys, but, you know his sliders getting west at a forty nine percent you know rate. So I I think there's again with him there's there's a little bit more room to kind of get that full breakout season as especially I I hope they don't try to I'm guessing they're not going to put him back in the rotation. I think that's done. But yeah, he, him so. yeah him him as a reliever. I'm still like very intrigued by and that that could be a, that could be a nasty you know three headed. Uh, monster they have from the seventh inning on with him Guy Argos and helsley yeah next year definitely.
0: and uh he, he sort of fits in with the last three themes of our podcast which uh like second half yeah risers and then the velocity leaderboards and then now guys that are underperforming because he's got elite velocity he's been better in the second half since he's been in the bullpen and he has underperformed all season based off uh A multitude of factors. So yeah, he's, uh, he's striking out nearly 26% of batters in the bullpen, which is, you know, right in line with where he was Mm -hmm. at in in 2019, when he was striking out 28% of batters, a little bit lower, but that's all right. He, like you said, he's an elite ground ball guy. So he's got sort of everything you look for in a reliever. He just, you know, maybe needs to get more comfortable in that role, stay healthy. It, It was always a thing with him over the last few seasons is that he just cannot stay healthy. So it really didn't make sense for them to put him in the rotation as a guy that sort of needs to have his innings limited so Mm -hmm. it it should be interesting to see how he bounces back next year it's definitely going to be a guy i'm going to watch but it's it 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 sort of sucks because you know this is like oh like just the ideal breakout candidate for next year is like an elite reliever and then he's just got so much competition
1: i know there's no real way i but the thing is is he does have closer experience and not just you know he's got 20 saves in his career so um if anything were to happen to, I mean, you never know, especially if relievers, you know, injuries happen or things happen, they could make some moves, he could find himself in the closer role, you know, rather, rather, you know, quickly, you never know. So definitely someone to keep an eye on, especially with, you know, his pitch mix and how, how, how just talented he is.
0: Definitely. And, uh, we'll, we'll see if he can keep it rolling through the end of the season to give us even more confidence going into mm-hmm. next season. But, uh, speaking of seasons, it's football season right now. Boo. Um, <laughs> talking a lot about RBs, uh, another RB Ryan Brazier. I, I'm just killing it right now. <laughs> Ryan Brazier of the Boston Red Sox, Rick's team. He's been, uh, not too great this season, but maybe he has been from a different number of perspectives he's got a 6.05 year rate rick how why do you even like this guy
1: uh well the thing is is i i don't really um, <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i was i was at the game the other night and he came in and i was like oh my god i just want i just kind of want to leave i want to leave i don't want to watch this but um yeah i'm i'm probably too hard on him considering he's definitely dealt with a lot of bad luck this year. He's probably been one of the more unlucky pitchers. And I think, you know, I was wondering why they haven't DFA'd him and brought up like someone else to, to add to the bullpen with, at this point of the season. And they're probably thinking, you know, they have one more year of team control and he has a 3.57 X So, you know, things have just been, he's got one of the highest ERA to minus FIP, you know, 2.38 ERA minus FIP. Um, you know, differential. So he has been one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. He's still, I guess, you know, he, he doesn't walk anyone. That's always at least a starting point, something, you know, positive to take away. And he's his slider is, he just hasn't been getting whiffs though this year. That's kind of why even with the, the bad luck, it's like, he's still very mediocre ish. Um, and he's not he's not getting younger. He feels like he's hasn't been around that long, but he's still he's 35 right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you know the velocity's still like sitting around 96, which is nice, but we'll see how long that lasts. Um yeah, I don't know <laughs> if he's someone I'm keeping an eye on next year cuz I I really he's definitely on the roster bubble at at best for the Red Sox and you know, maybe he needs to go somewhere else where he has a better opportunity or I don't I yeah, I, I not too excited about him, especially with his, you know, proclivity to give up very hard very loud contact um home runs are definitely a problem. Um but I don't know, he could if he gets if you know if this if this thing changes and he gets some good luck on his side, he doesn't have a um 350 bab up and 54.7 percent left on base percentage if those numbers go more towards his career average then he's probably in for a pretty good year so i guess as someone to monitor as a very deep you know deep league roster guy next year but you know just kind of a one of the i figured i'd throw him on this list just because of how like how big the difference was in his era and fip
0: that's huge. That that must be why the Red Sox are keeping him in. I, I guess they yeah. do actually have access to fan graphs. Um, <laughs> maybe opposite of, of common thought based off how they've been performing this year. <laughs>
1: they're one of the more analytical front offices, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: kyle Bloom is just scrolling through fan graphs. It's like, whoa, whoa, did you guys see Ryan Brazier's x Fan? <laughs> <laughs> the same way we are <laughs> that's really funny sounds uh, about right yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah definitely one of the lesser known names on the list that we've been talking about and guy who's not going to have a huge impact fantasy wise but if he does push those skills over into next season it will be interesting to see if the you know the red Sox turn it around from having a really shaky bullpen to having one that's actually pretty reliable but you know, it really depends on what they do this off season as well. Cause they do seem like one of those teams that could just bite the bullet and just sell some guys off with how competitive that division is with the Orioles rising and everybody else being really good.
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a story for another, no, I don't want that, but that's another, that's a story for another day for definitely, another podcast. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, from, from your team to my team, we'll, we'll go to the giants. We'll talk about, actually. Wow. I am. I got fooled. i the Giants. I got fooled. Uh, gosh, if only it's they, the other one. yep. Uh, twin brothers, Taylor Rogers. I'm sure once I said twin brothers, everybody knew who the heck I was talking <clears> about. Um, <throat> yeah, I tricked myself. <laughs> Taylor Rogers of the, milwaukee brewers he has switched teams he was on the shoot he was on the padres oh yeah wow he's changed teams a lot in 2022 not just this season but the entire year he's been uh sort of same boat as Hader in that he started Mm -hmm. the season off like one of the best relievers in all of baseball and then he's fallen off in the second half and that really shows up in the difference between his era estimators and his era so tell me why you've got some confidence that taylor rogers has underperformed this season
1: it's like maybe they shouldn't have been traded for each other yeah no, no i rogers rogers issues were starting you know they were happening in san diego as well so yeah i guess it's been better to get to get a new change of scenery for him but um he is definitely when i'm looking at all these bad luck or these bad luck numbers he's shows up in the top five or ten in basically everything this season um i could literally like uh sierra he's got a 2.43 sierra which is very good i'll take that and then especially i mean it just doesn't match up with his 4.45 era Mm -hmm. um 61.2 percent left on base rate for you know that's that's definitely low um but yeah, with Rogers and it's, I mean, talking about the Red Sox bullpen, I would definitely love to see him be you know looked at f- by the Red Sox to, as, a, as a potential. You know, he's still going to get paid, but I, I think he's this season just having the four point four five ERA, which is like really the only thing that looks bad on his you know st- for his stats this season. It's just that that ERA. Everything else looks pretty good near. You know, thirty-six point he's always been a good CSW guy because he gets a ton of called strikes, and that's definitely not a fluke with him. It's been happening throughout his career. He's he's very good command of the strike zone when he's when he's on. That's I think part of the reason why he had a little little bit of an issue with uh San Diego earlier in in the season. But yeah, as long as, you know if he's I don't think he's gonna ever I don't think he's gonna get be closing out games next year, depending on where he lands. There's a few spots where obviously he could end up being the closer, but I think he's going to kind of be transitioned into a, the similar role that he has now as a setup man somewhere, the left hand, top left-handed setup man somewhere. And that's going to be, I think a really good role for him and wherever he lands. And for those in holds leagues, he's still, you know, a top 20 holds option for next season. Most likely.
0: Good call. I think uh, all the skills are still intact. If you look at strikeout to walk ratio, which is you know, one of my favorite stats in uh, terms of pitchers, he's got a top 20 uh, top twenty mark among pitchers with at least 50 innings pitch. He's at 25.7% on the strikeout percentage minus walk percentage leaderboard. Mm. That's uh, very good. He's right in between Max Scherzer and Carlos Rodon so that's a pretty good company for sure so he, he's definitely a guy who strikes out a lot of guys doesn't walk too many and doesn't give up too much hard contact so he's definitely a guy to maintain confidence in going into next season because you know not much has changed from from what we we thought preseason i never really thought of him as an elite guy but he, i think he's in that second tier yeah. of closers if he does end up in that role if not just like second pit second tier of relievers overall i think he's really good he, he's he's not like the upper echelon but he's he's right next to that so definitely a a guy to keep keep sticking with through the end of the season Mm -hmm. as well as uh going into the draft season so that's a interesting one and uh the final guy on this list before we hit a couple honorable mentions this guy used to be on my team this is why i was getting tricked because you got taylor rogers right next to <laughs> dominic leone who was on the giants just a week ago and then he got released and we were both wondering why right before the we hit record and we realized he's about to be a free agent so i guess the Giants right. said hey you know what we're not making the playoffs why should we pay this guy at all poor dominic uh, i hope for the best for him he will probably end up with a new team. And Rick pointed out, he's been on so many teams in his career. It's been like what yeah. you say, five and a half years and he's been on six teams.
1: That's yeah. So he's just about ready to hit free agency after his fifth year. And he's already been on six teams. probably going to be a seventh. So yeah. Um, so uh,
0: yeah, he's been, he's been pretty mediocre this season in terms of surface stats. So what has you thinking that he's had a, an unluckier season?
1: I, I think, I mean, the 1.6 whip is definitely not good. That's no, not something we want. Uh, the ERA at four is not great, but it, it's not terrible. And um, with him, I, I can't believe like, I, I had to like <clears throat> do a double take that I noticed over the last couple of weeks when I've been looking, is his swinging strike rate this year and his chase rate. He, he's getting tons of swings and misses. He's getting people to chase. Um you know his swing and strike rate is still sixth best in the league at 19.9% wow. which i don't i don't understand how i guess if you're not going to bring him back next year you can look at other guys but you know he he has a really good slider his slider is very um you know on the 55.3% whiff rate that's where he gets the, the bulk of his does the bulk of his damage i think he's going to be an interesting He probably won't sign. He'll probably sign like a one, maybe two year deal, very low money. Uh, But definitely someone to keep an eye on, especially depending on where he lands next season. Because he's, we've seen, he's never, we've seen kind of glimpses of him being, you know, really good near elite, but he's never really put it all together yet. So, you know, I think he just needs a little bit, he needs to work on his fastball command. And that's always, you know that's kind of where a lot of it starts with a lot of relievers is you know fastball command kind of dictates how how successful you're gonna be so um yeah that's just you know if he can fix that lower the walks um i i think he could be a really good find for a for a team this this off season or now he's available now so yeah. i mean if someone wants to take a chance on him see what he has the last two weeks and then you know go from there but yeah definitely someone to keep an eye on especially with the chase rate at 99th percentile chase rate for him and, and that's a 40 40.4% 40. chase rate so just uh really interesting swing and miss metrics there
0: mhm a lot of it is thanks to that slider which posts yeah. which boasts a 30% swinging strike rate which matches his uh overall swinging strike rate as the sixth best in baseball so that's definitely the main attraction coming out of his arm and that pitch just features a lot of downward movement that you don't usually see from a slider and i guess it pairs Mm -hmm. well with his fastball that has a pretty good velocity i guess it's not too great of a fastball but uh it it, i think if he can uh maybe even turn to that slider more often he could you know take off more because it seems like he controls it pretty well like he doesn't He'd, i mean i i don't have the straight- up walk numbers that result from the slider mm-hmm. um but he, he really he, does get a lot of swings out of the, the zone with it
1: yeah and he mixes in the cutter a little bit too which mm-hmm. is you know an interesting mix but something i feel like evan phillips kind of went to that fastball slider cutter mix i feel i think that, that that's him mm-hmm. who i was looking at the other day and just it's very it's become an interesting thing with the guys who have good sliders how do they get lefties out well You know, a cutter can be a very effective tool against lefties, especially if you can command it, you know, get in on the hands. And let me see. Yeah, he hasn't he's been using Leon's been using his cutter mostly against righties. So I wonder if like a little bit of a pitch mix change, similar to how Evan Phillips has pitched this year would uh, do Leon some uh, some help.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think he lands with like a rebuilding team in the next couple of weeks? Or do you think he uh, signs with uh, a playbound? Or playoff found team.
1: Um well it, you can't be on the playoff roster, but Oh, true. I didn't yeah. even think about
0: that. That was like the Jose Iglesias on the Red Sox last year, huh?
1: Yeah, so I wonder. You know, it's like one of those I wonder, like I feel like for whatever reason, I feel like the Brewers are gonna like be in the mix. They they seem to be always looking for relief help. Um and maybe just to see what he has for this year and possibly sign him, you know, to an extent to a longer one or two year deal after the season. But yeah, I don't think he signs with a contender. Uh, Maybe though. I mean, you know, like a team, the Yankees are starting to get pieces back, but you know that at one point they really were hurting for bullpen help. So this guy is at least a, a major league reliever who has experience. So, It'd be interesting to see if if he sign, where he signs and or if he signs at this point, you know, this late in the year.
0: All right, so the two guys that we have as honorable mentions are Joey Rodriguez and Jonathan Lewiziga, two guys on the Yankees. Who do you like most out of these, and why do you have these guys as honorable mentions on the list of underperformers?
1: Uh, I'm still, I think Lewiziga has been better lately. I'm definitely, uh, I, I think he's starting to you know, turn a corner and be the guy he was last year. Um, someone to, again, talk about holds leagues. He was someone I had really high entering the season hasn't worked out, but next year might be able to get a little bit of a discount on him. Um, so, and pitches for, you know, a team that's going to provide you a lot of whole with a lot of holds chances. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez is a little bit, he's been kind of really bad this year for the Mets um, going from the Yankees to the Mets um, but again he's had some bad luck as well I, I've i always I liked him going back to when he was in Texas and I think is he a free agent? He might be I don't know but he, he's someone definitely to keep it he's had a bit of a walk rate issue this year he has some uh let's see 3 yeah i mean he, it's just been a little bit of bad luck all around the board for him i think he's better than this and depending on where he lands next year especially when left-handed relievers are sometimes hard to you know hard to find quality ones so mm-hmm. he's uh he could be a, a steal for for either a fantasy manager really late in holds leagues and drafts or for you know any MLB team looking to uh bolster bullpen with a left-handed reliever
0: Good point, um, and I'd like to correct myself. I said both of these guys are on the Yankees. They're both on New York teams, so New yeah. so <laughs> close enough, close <laughs> enough. Um, but yeah, that's those are the guys that we targeted as guys that have been underperforming throughout the season i'll uh, read over those again just in case you missed one or two and uh here they are Lou trevino emilio pagan joe kelly josh hater jordan hicks ryan brazier taylor rogers dominic leone and honorable mentions Joelie rodriguez and jonathan loizaga now we're going to hit the last segment of the podcast where we talk about which bullpens we're going to be looking out for through the next week until our next podcast rick which teams are you going to be watching which bullpens
1: um yeah it's the, not a lot has changed this week so not i'm guessing you know i, I definitely want to see what's going on in atlanta if, if jansen can hang on there um philadelphia as well see if robertson still closing out games a week from now or if they give Sir Anthony a chance, you know, to get his job back there. Um, Minnesota is still one where, like, Jorge Lopez has struggled, and I don't know, they they seem to be falling. They're really kind of falling out of the playoff picture, so I don't know what they're going to do as far as the whole, you know, the whole roster goes or team goes for the rest of the year. And um, there's another one. Hmm. I'll think about it. You, 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 Who do you who are you looking for for this week?
0: Well, I was surprised you didn't say the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting <laughs> to see what Barnes does if he if yep. he's the one to take over the role there. But that's uh, that's one that's going to be probably in flux through the rest of the season i would be very surprised if within the next like three weeks they settle on one guy that would be pretty interesting um but yeah that's it's definitely one i'll be keeping an eye on for there was one more that i was oh the marlins also i think yeah. that's uh gonna be an interesting one because scott had the closer role for the majority of the season and now it just seems like they've lost their love for him or whatever they had before <laughs> um so it'll be interesting to see who takes over there
1: yeah and my other one was And I kind of wanted to mention him earlier I forgot but Craig Kimbrell in LA mm-hmm. I had him I moved him up the list This week because I felt like he was starting To he was going to you know Take he had a save September 6th no one else On that team is really they haven't had a lot of save Opportunities for as well as they've been As well as well they've been playing um, So I thought Kimbrell was going to You know jump back in as the closer there And then he gets a shot the other night and allows a walk-off home run to Sa- not sandy alcantara um <laughs> sergio. Uh, sergio alcantara yeah and yeah just got to wonder you know how confident can they be in him they're they're tw- yeah. two weeks away from three weeks away from the playoffs how confident can they be are they in him i mean he he had been pitching better but and that was actually his first hit that he's allowed that's the first hit he's allowed since August twenty August seventeenth. Wow. Um but that's great, but he also hasn't been, you know, striking out anyone, which is very weird for um, craig Campbell. You know, even when he's been bad, he's usually still like, missing bats and getting strikeouts. So he only has five strikeouts since August 16th or 17th yeah 17th so I mean that's over you know almost I think seven plus innings or eight innings so it's been it's been a weird season for him and I just you know Blake Trinan's hurt again I that team has been so good this season and I just don't know how that bullpen's gonna hold up in uh in October
0: yeah we might see a lot of Evan Phillips in October yes. and November. That's for sure. He's going to yeah. probably be relied upon a lot. And the rest of the, I don't want to say misfits, but they sort of are just a bunch of random dudes out there. Caleb Ferguson, yeah. Alex, Vesia, Chris Martin. Really interesting to see if they can <clears throat> carry yeah. the load that Kimbrell has dropped.
1: Martin and Vestia definitely pitch better lately. Those, those two guys might be the unheralded, uh, you know, relievers to kind of save them and keep them, keep their chances alive. When Because I don't know what else they're going to be able to turn to. Um, and I don't think Clayton Kershaw and I, I, they have a good, they have pretty good starters, but those guys mm-hmm. have been dealing with injuries too. I don't know if they're going to be able to, to go seven or eight innings every time out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote about visia I think last week in the reliever ranks about how he's been just one of the most, underrated elite relievers in baseball since he came to the dodgers in 87 and two thirds innings across the last two seasons which were his age 25 and 26 seasons he's pitched to a 2.25 era with a this looks like a 34.1 strikeout rate and that's a that's Mm -hmm. elite if i've ever heard that he's been really incredible and i don't think you hear anybody talking about him and he's still super young so this is really you know, one of the up and coming relievers in baseball. He doesn't throw super hard, but it doesn't really matter. He they, they they're getting the most out of him, and yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see him and and Phillips being like the two big guys out in, in L.A. And people are going to be like, Whoa, "Who yeah, are these who would... guys?"
1: <laughs> right? Oh, they got Tommy Conley Conley back too. I, I, okay, yeah, yeah. He's another guy who if, if he stays healthy. He, he's definitely uh, a very good reliever. So it, they could be, yeah. And Chris Martin's pitched well surprisingly. So I don't, yeah, they might be all right, but it's just how much are they going to be able to rely on Kimbrell is definitely one of my, my biggest question for them heading into the playoffs.
0: Good call. Good call. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the independent podcast, Rick, why don't you go ahead and link your socials and anything else you've got going on?
1: Yeah, you can, um, find me on Twitter at I am Rick Graham, um, as, and just, you know, keep, I'm still plugging away with, uh, holds rankings closer rankings all the way up through the end of the season so we got a couple more weeks left of that and then uh then the offseason begins and the off season work begins but uh yeah that's about it
0: yes it is a year-round job so you'll definitely be hearing from us from mm-hmm. time to time maybe not every week but at least you know once a month every other week or so in the offseason we'll be giving you some updates uh given doing some season recaps and that kind of stuff, but you can follow me at Jake crumpler on the Twitter and you can find me writing for pitcher list, writing the reliever ranks twice a week and also doing playing time analysis over at baseball HQ. But uh, do you have any last words before we send the fans home? Happy.
1: I don't think so. I think that's uh, about well next week though. Next week we're going to be going over the uh, over performers. So, if you like the underperformers, we'll, we'll go over some guys who have overperformed their uh, x stats next week.
0: And if not, go watch football or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, talk to you next week.